I I don't. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Three DD Podcast. Today, I, I never do an intro like that, but it's just because it's like weird format today because there's three of us. <laughs> so, like, I feel like I need to welcome to the show. <laughs> today we've got two guests, which I'm a little bit nervous about, but I think we'll be okay. I've got today we've got to my left, Mr. Nero Singh, and then on camera B, Mrs. Nicole Shapiro. How is everybody? Doing good. Doing fantastic. How yeah. are you? Thanks for having us on. I'm <laughs> Thanks excited. for coming. <laughs> for my to my little I'm amazed we all fit in here. I was like that was another like point that I was nervous about this but, is very um, efficiently set up i'm impressed it's ta- it's taking me f- it's <laughs> yeah, this is like the first like appreciation for like setup that i'm probably gonna because everybody else just walks in and like oh this is cool this is all but you guys are just like you know you know what goes into i understand building. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's start with like how i'm trying to think back is like because i know that you and i i knew you first shaps oh how we met yeah, so I'm like, how? Uh, because I, I know that if well, if I'm remembering this correctly, because I I'm like fairly certain that you introduced Nero to me and to the rest I think of us. so. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. did that? How did so? How did so? How do you guys know each other? I remember the story vividly because I'm like, I think I met through you through Methusen, another friend of ours, uh, through Laurier, and I was looking for someone to do a video uh, for a show called Runway Classic, like a car show. And I was looking for someone different. I was like, eh, some, everyone's done the same thing. I'm like, I want to try and look at like someone that does video differently. And so that's why I connected with you. And I was like, just message you. And then I think you brought me on to the group chat, the OG group chat, <laughs> shooters shooting. What is it? Shooters shoot shooters or something. <laughs> uh, I, guess we're, I guess we're talking about it now. <laughs> um, and then I met you guys uh, after your iFly GTA thing yes. that you guys did. Oh, yeah, and that night. Oh, yeah. And I met you at a restaurant, and then that's the only time I've seen Relly as well, by the way. That was the only in first, yeah, like first the, and last? First and last. Actually, no, sorry. We did another photo shoot at the infamous Toronto Garage. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Apart from that. With the Lambos with and the Lambos stuff. With the Lambos and McLaren. <laughs> yeah. So fun. Yeah. Yeah, wow. That was a, so that was 2019? Or that was earlier. That might have been 2018. That was tw- no 2018. Yeah. Yeah, that was 2018. Yeah. Yeah. So did you guys know each other like for a long time before? No. No. It was just a social media connection, and then like, I don't know. And here he we was, are. He, <laughs> he took sick photos. I was like, yo, this kid's sick. <laughs> it's so it's, yeah, because I I I lose track now because like I remember when I first started, I remember like having this thought of just like. I thought I was a genius because I was just like, nobody's doing video. Nobody's doing this. Because because like from like my, you know, like limited network and my limited exposure to everything, I was just like, I had never seen like, I, I, I knew that photographers were out there, but I just wasn't super familiar with a lot of like video creators. So I like, I was just like, nobody's doing this. I'm like, I, I thought I was, I really thought I was like pioneering something. And then all of a sudden um, I get dropped in this group chat one day and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> and there's like first of all not only am i not the only one doing it i'm just like i am nowhere near like as good as i thought i was because i was just all of a sudden i'm looking at everybody else's like stuff and i'm like oh, okay yeah and it was like that was that was crazy and then it just like the like you just you find more people through more people and then it's so then how did you get into the group with kofi or yeah, yeah it was kofi okay. he really nick furied that whole situation which he was really like did. just drop us all into a group chat and then <laughs> yeah because kofi was the one that added me too kofi it's, was the oh, okay. the birth of the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> chat 
Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah. And I think Kofi and I met also through socials. We didn't meet in person. Yeah, same. Like, all, it was so all, crazy. <laughs> it's all, it's all internet. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it, it, like, it's, it's crazy how, like, um, it, that could have also just as easily have gone very, very bad, right? Just take a, a throw a bunch of people who are doing all the exact same thing and then just expect them to get along as if, and yeah. I think it was really, really important that we didn't view each other as competition. We viewed each other as colleagues and we viewed each other almost as like support and like teammates. And I think we had multiple like different interests. It wasn't just like, oh, yeah, the, our, our whole thing was yeah, yeah. creatives. It was that like, too, yeah. you know, Marvel and fitness and <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like there's so many things that everyone had in common that was that drove the conversation. It wasn't just. Yeah, I think that was a big know. part of it, too, is that like nobody felt like, you know, like we didn't have a lot of overlap in the things that we did. So it we didn't I think that was a big key to us not viewing each other as comp- but even still like I don't like I, I like I don't know about like how, I don't know how you guys feel about this but I'm like I don't look at other creators and see competition. I just you know like I I I, I think it's there's like a there's kind of a a, a difference there's a, a like a little bit of a, a a divide between like maybe like older gen versus us who came up through social media and like just you you see the scope and you know, like how many people are out doing literally exactly what you're doing. So then it just trains you from a really early stage to not think of yourself as like being the only one doing what you're doing, even though I literally thought that. <laughs> yeah. But like, <clears throat> yeah, like, cause I, I definitely see it in like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drop any names, but like between, you know, people that are from, let's say like an older generation, they like, they're very, they're very like weirdly territorial about their clients and about, you know, the people that they shoot and like even the people that they work with, they, you know, like photographers who will view another photographer is like, if you go and work with that person, you're done with me, which I've, I've had, like, I've run into that a few times now. And it like, it drives me nuts because I'm like, there's, there's literally no reason for that. Like there's no, there's, there's, there's enough to, in the, in the age of where content is king, we are the ones creating content there's so much and there's literally there's enough to go around for everybody to the point where you don't need to be like you don't need to be like this so like yeah i i don't know where i was going with that but i I, i'm just just trying to say that like having you know like having a group of people around like it was important for me that like we didn't view each other as competition we viewed each other as like teammates and it's been like that ever since it's been like i don't like how many years if it's been 2018, then what is that? That was four. Four? It was four years ago. Four yeah. Years ago. I, I, I have to, like, I did this math with, like, an, on another episode where we just, like, we talked about, like, how 2016 was six years ago. Because in your head, you're just, like, 20, 2018, that was two, that was, like, two years ago. No, that was four years ago. That's a whole university degree. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did have a question in terms of, um, like, you joined the group with because of Kofi. And then you joined the group because of Kofi as well. What was your first impression then of like the group in general? Because I, I have a wild assumption that your first impression was very different from mine. You go first. Well, my, mine, was, <laughs> <laughs> mine was just intimidation because I was like, I was from Kitchener, Waterloo. There's like all the creators are from Toronto and no one's doing car photography. I'm like, everyone does cool shit. So first impressions was like, I'm intimidated by everyone doing cool, cool work. And that was it because it was just like, damn, I can't do that. I need to learn how to do that. 
That's so funny. I think my first impression was like, damn, these guys can talk. (laughs) (laughs) All I would get was notification, notification, but it would just be about, like we said, it would just be about fun stuff. It would, and that's how like our relationship grew, I think. But my, I think my first impression was probably, I'd probably say intimidation too, because like from when I was starting, I joined the group in 2018 and that's when I started my whole thing like i i've i became a freelancer in 2019 so like it, it was my like beginning egg hatch year right <laughs> and so like to get into this group with kofi and that was i guess who i put on a pedestal at first to be honest because i was like oh damn this guy has like that's, consistent that's fitness clients <laughs> you know like he had it together and i probably i sorry kofi for asking you all these questions but i probably asked him tons of questions because yeah, i you, was like you you definitely embodied very much that like that hustler um model of just like the person who when you're self-starting something you just you put yourself next to you put yourself next to whoever is doing what you want to do and you ask them a thousand questions and you like you try to you try to put yourself next to the people who are doing what you want to do because you're trying to essentially uh how do i say this like you you want you want to be doing what they're doing and they they are proof they are proof positive that not only is it possible but they're literally they're doing it so if anybody's going to know how to do it it would be them and he was so kind too like he never was like google it <laughs> you know <laughs> even if i asked a really stupid question he was always like yeah this is how i do it and then he'd send me a voice note and he'd send me more paragraphs it's like yeah this is actually how like you know my quickbooks is broken down like all this <laughs> like going into details so yeah he would like to have someone like that in your corner that's like really key <laughs> yeah so let, actually let's talk about that then like um so that was like that was your that was your like um starting year you would say it was like starting to freelance but like um before that like from I'll ask a question to both of you is like how do you like what what gets you into that in the first like how do you find yourself in a position where you're <laughs> you're trying to like eventually do something with a camera in your hands like where does that start for you you go uh probably probably like 20 2012 the 20 2010 really officially because like I think with every photographer, they had started with a Canon D3i. So Canon or Nikon, whichever one it might be, right? But uh, yeah, it, w- it was it was just that and like learning how to use the camera in manual mode. That's officially kind of where, where it started. And then eventually like taking it more seriously was like the second year of university when um, I started to see like lots of YouTubers. Uh, Mr. Ben Brown is, is a UK YouTuber who I saw he was like traveling around the world making videos making vlogs i'm like i didn't know this was a a full-time living that people could make a living off of this and i was like wow this is this is very very cool and then that's when i started really pursuing uh more car automotive work but like was it like was it like cars first for you that was like was that was was cars the things that got you into because for anybody who doesn't know your <laughs> <laughs> nearest whole thing is cars in fact and and you know like from like literally from the the first time that i met you were you were one of the strongest ambassadors for like because i had a very narrow view in my head of like what a car guy was and you broke all of those for me like you broke yeah. all of those stereotypes for me which is just like because i because i had always like identified as like oh i'm like a i'm like a f- film and comic book nerd and like the car guys are the jocks who bullied me and 
and then and then like it like meeting you was this weird experience for just like oh wait a minute like you like you like I, you let me draw this parallel which is just like you're me in a different genre <laughs> like you are you are a nerd like the way that i'm a nerd for a film in, in comic books you are a film for or you're a nerd for cars and then that let me relate to you a lot more which is like oh you're just it's not like a car guy versus it's it's not that simple right like it's um you're just like kind of a nerd for something other than like what a nerd thing is which is like that's an important distinction to make which is just like like the idea of like being a nerd is not about what you like it's the way that you like it so like that for that for me was like like that's who you Implies for me. Right? By the way, that's the first time I've been ever n- identified as a jock. <laughs> that's, that's definitely the first time I've been identified as a jock. Because um, I would consider myself like no one wanted to talk to me about F1 or cars in in high school. I literally, I kid you not, I had one guy in high school that we sat in the same lunch, same lunch table every single um, lunch period talking about F1, and no one was around us. So it's interesting, but interesting to me but uh, the first first thing would be cars before photography okay. because that's the thing that, like, yeah car cars and, and formula one is first because of be, before just because my dad introduced me to to it because he didn't know what what to do with me as a kid and be like <laughs> just go take him to a race sure and then, then that's where it began and then ever since he's been like oh why did i put him into this <laughs> and uh i don't know if he regrets it now but yeah this that's kind of what started it and then well, photography it, pay, it paid off because now you're it paid off now, yeah. It paid off after twenty six years, but it paid off. Yeah, because if for anybody who doesn't anybody who doesn't know this, can we talk about this? Where you're? Yeah, we can talk. About okay, it. yeah, because it's, it's public it's news public now. now. Okay, yeah. Oh yeah, it is. It is public. It is public. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, because you're you tell us about what what you're about to do in like what is it two weeks from now? Like a week and a half now? Less than a week. Yeah. We're, yeah. So for those that don't, I guess, yeah, I guess for those that don't know, I, I'm working for a company called Sports Signage which basically does signage, banners, advertisements, but inside Formula One. Um, they make all the podiums. They do lots of lots of different cool shit, and they travel with Formula One for all the races, 23 plus four, 23 races per year, um, traveling the world, uh, making all these signs, banners, podiums, all these all these different different things for, for F1 itself. And I'll be joining them as their content creator or have joined them already as their content creator. Um, go, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> Did you say twenty-three races a year? Yeah. There's like twelve months in a year. Yeah. So they go from, <laughs> they go from March to uh, basically December, um, and sometimes it's either back-to-back weekends or it's triple headers, which is three races back-to-back, and it's usually places like Singapore, Japan, Australia, um, going to every single location. These all all these crazy locations like week after week after week. Damn. And the logistics and like the way it, the show runs is insane. So if anyone's ever interested in sort of what that entails, just go watch Drive to Survive and you'll understand. <laughs> like it's a it's a crazy crazy sport. So well, like, is that does that like is that like crazy? Is it like you so you, you like as a kid you're like this like big into Formula One, and then that eventually like inspires you to then put that together with like a an interest in photography and then now it becomes like your your entry into your career essentially was this weird like mesh of like for it was like formula one photography formula one again but like it it comes full circle right and like yeah. it's just so is that like is that what, like what's that like to think about it's um it's kind of shocking because i didn't expect it to happen so 
like I put the work in, but I didn't know when it was going to happen. And I'd been applying for jobs um, specifically in the UK for it. And every time you would get stopped in your on the tracks because as soon as you get asked about the UK visa, they completely reject you. So it was unexpected to say the least that it was going to it was going to happen this year. So I think when they told me in my first five minutes, I was like super happy and super proud of it. Uh, but then it went back to like, OK, how do I make this work? And like, what do I need to do to like excel at this job? I think the, the moment it's going to hit me what's like when it's like overwhelmed is like being at the actual track in Miami, uh, going to the paddock because it's such an exclusive place to be. So and then seeing the drivers that I've like watched up growing, growing up is is going to be nuts. So I'll let you know how that feels <laughs> when I experience it for the first time. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> I'm so excited. What about you, Shabs? How far back can you draw that like that line from like that eventually ends with you being where you are today? Um. Well, Nira, you brought up a good point about YouTube. I, I this actually doesn't usually fit into my like elevator pitch of how I got into this but <laughs> YouTube was actually a big thing because rewind all the way to grade 12 I was interested in fitness mental health and fitness were like this and I loved working out so I was like okay let me go into kinesiology let me see what I can do with that so I went to Laurier had I finished my kinesiology degree but in that like I guess when I was into fitness, you're always watching like, I don't even, I wish I could like bring up names. She was like, I think she was signed to Gymshark. She had like really long dark hair. I don't know. I'm not going to remember her name, but there's like <laughs> a really, I don't know, maybe like five or six creators that I'd always watch on YouTube that were like fitness people, right? Like more so vlogging. And then they started getting into like, oh, like Christian Guzman, like all those, all those guys, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, like yeah. that whole, what's her name? Um something bunny oh buff bunny. buff bunny yeah, yeah yeah right and so yeah. like those kind of those kind of creators they i guess planted a seed um, subconsciously and so in my fourth year at laurier i was the strength and conditioning coach for the ben's basketball team so um i was just taping ankles icing guys you know like off the court but yeah. we were lucky enough to have two so during the games I would do like videos and stuff on the side to make these like little hype reels for the uh, games. Okay. So like it's not like Ryerson or UFC where they have a media program. So they like, you know, coax the students to go and record the game or take photos like n nothing at Laurier had creative things associated with it. So I just kind of combined them. And after that, I did um, two internships. I did one at a wedding company, and then I did one for strength and conditioning. And I did both to make myself figure out which one I wanted because I was like, man, I just spent four years doing kin stuff. What am I? I'm just going to throw it away mm. for video creation. Like, what even does that mean? And so uh, a part of me was like, you know, you can make a living with wedding stuff. So I was kind of gearing towards that. But then I was like, there's got to be to be a way to like, meld this like fitness mm. and like sport category into it yeah, so yeah, yeah. but that was 20 I, I would say like 2018 when i joined the group chat like that was when i really started thinking like oh is this like a path that i can go on maybe that's like a side hustle and then like fourth year and after that year like 2019 that's when i was like oh i could actually 
like do this full time because originally I was going to go to Ohio and do like my master's in strength and conditioning and like train athletes like that's what I wanted to do and then I was like oh I mean I can also do this and not go to Ohio (laughs) so and I would I just kept thinking about it like I remember being in my little like student housing and I had my thesis that I was doing in my last year and I feel like I probably wrote my thesis like two days before it was due because I would just be editing highlight tapes and I was like so stoked I was like yeah like this new gonna track this goes so hard with like massive like I don't know you know so shout out Ali so shout out all the guys from Laurier because they they also hyped me up too right like being the trainer you were connected to the athletes so like they would point at your camera they would do things that like Uh, you know someone else who just Mm. comes in randomly wouldn't get on camera you know like celebrations or like me just me being in the locker room you know like as a female student you're probably not allowed if you're just (laughs) taking photos like that's (laughs) like what (laughs) you know so it's like if you're a therapist you're there to like you know give them protein powders and like you're there for Mm. therapy things not for video stuff but like it gave you you, a a level of access that you wouldn't have had yeah totally and the support because like Lori didn't have it so when they got it they were like oh shoot like this is sick and they would all (laughs) share it and i'm like i mean looking back they're just little clips but it's like the confidence and like the relationships built there were like crazy and that actually led me to france they paid a tr- for a trip for me to go to france oh, for I like that. Yeah, yeah in this and i think it was the summer afterwards um the coach justin he's from france so he you know has connections to all the i guess like club level basketball teams maybe i'm butchering that maybe they're higher than club i don't know sorry <laughs> but <laughs> um but yeah like kids their age and they would do these tournaments and stuff and like I don't even know when I found out, but I was like, oh my God, this, like, I I mean, it's not like I got paid, but it was a free trip to France. Like, I'd never been to France. I was like, what the heck? I can capture basketball in France? Like, and that kind of also, like, put a lot of confidence in me because it was like, if they need this, then, like, who else needs this? Like, probably everybody. So it kind of got this, like, I guess, like, idea. So for you, it's more like a like a serendipitous type of thing where it kind of like it found you <laughs> it literally found me i think and i mean also I, I was always i had my gopro like on grad trip and stuff mm-hmm. like i always had video things but and my dad always had a camcorder too so i was always like intro like introduced to video content but not to the point of like making a business out of it it was just something fun and then like you're like oh i can actually like make a living out of this so i think that's no but i think that's that plays because i'm like i was exactly the same like in high school i always had a camera on me yeah i was known for that (laughs) yeah i was known for like you know like if if like if i was in the room people were like looking for the camera because i was just always i don't know because like i just for some reason i just had um I just had a, a like a, whatever inclination to just always want to capture like memories and uh because like i don't know if it's just because i have a terrible memory <laughs> but i'm like i just i i always because i always find myself going back and watching those things again and like it's, it's just it lets you go back and, and relive certain things so yeah like um like beginning even before like even before anytime i had a chance to get my hands on a camera i always had one and and i was always trying to like i didn't re- i didn't even realize it but like at that time like i was trying to make videos mm-hmm. like that's what i i was what i wanted to do i just it was just something that i was doing and not really registering in my mind that like this is what i wanted to do um 
but yeah but so, so then i think like just even just having having the thought in your mind because like so other people who were doing exactly what you were doing and people who were doing exactly what you were doing would just um they might have they might have just been the therapist they might have just been like going to the races or they might have just been going to car shows or whatever the difference was that you had you know a th- like a thought planted somewhere in your mind that was just like i want to capture this also and just it placed you it placed you where you needed to be with the tools that you needed it just none of us realized that that's what we were doing yeah but like it just it has all so like i mean i guess it is serendipitous in a way but like we also in in a lot of ways i i i, I don't love using this word but like you you almost like manifest it into like reality which is you 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 put yourself in in the right position with the right tools with the right mindset and things just happen because you know like like i was saying like you could have just been the therapist you could have just been doing just your job um but and that would have been great but it would have it would have ended there right like that that creative career doesn't doesn't start unless you're there with the thought in your mind of just like oh i want to make a little video out of this and it seems insignificant in that moment, but then, like, like we were saying, like the tr- you trace your whole like roots back to it. So, I think there's like a lot of there's a lot of value into just just doing what you like, yeah. even if there's no reason for it. If you want, if you have an inclination to do, it, if you feel like you want to do it, and it would be fun to do, um, first of all, you're probably going to do at least something of a good job, even if you know what the fuck you're doing. You'll do s- something good of it because it's you have a genuine interest in it you don't feel in any obligation and that like especially now um that like the three of us are actual professionals now with several years into our into our um respective businesses there's there's very few situations now i don't know if you guys feel the same way but like there's very few situations now where i feel entirely free of obligation when i'm creating anything anytime that i'm with a camera in my hands there's generally a purpose and an expectation it's been very long since there's been none of that, right? At the beginning of all of our careers, before we had careers, we would show up to, you know, for me, it was like filming like powerlifting meets or like filming, you know, like people in the gym. Um, but nobody was expecting me to be there. I was just a, I was just a, an added surprise, like a little bonus. <laughs> and so then when people, when people got what they got, it was always, you know, it was always like a, it was always like a, yeah, like it was like a bonus. And for me, nobody was, nobody was expecting me to be there. Nobody asked me to be there and there was no expectation of anything that I was going to create. And now like however many years later, like I just, I can't even think of the last time that that's, I felt that of like being free of expectation, obligation, anything. There's always generally, even when I post something that's just for myself, I still feel a certain level of obligation to create a certain level to bring a certain level of quality i was just gonna say that i was like oh you should try spec work but even then like you have your own personal expectation yeah. right like even like the porsche when we did like up north it was like like we had references we wanted it to look a certain way because we wanted to show a certain client like the, there's like it's not just like oh let's i mean i don't know even sometimes when we go downtown in toronto and like a bunch of people meet up and we shoot toronto but it's like I don't know. I I never find like a spark when shooting in Toronto, so that might not be a good example. But you know what I mean. I feel like even with spec, you have expectations. So yeah, it's amazing what what happens when you actually pick up a camera and where it's led us. Yeah, which is crazy. But for 
I, I would say for me, I usually that spark usually happens with travel, and when I pick up a film camera, um, like just a point and shoot, and that's when I find like no obligation to be like, I need to perform this, and then mm. I say that now. And then, and then when I go and post some stuff about it, I'm like, oh, this should perform well and this should look a certain way. So it never, it, I don't know if it ever leaves once you become a professional at it being like, it needs to look this way or it doesn't, or, you know, otherwise it's, you, you don't like, feel like, like you're, the point yeah, or... what's the point? It's like, you're not, you don't feel like you're doing your job the best. I always get scared when someone hands me an iPhone camera at a party or something. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, you expect cool. a lot from me right now and I cannot give you this right now. Portrait mode's not going to, not going <laughs> to hit. <laughs> Yeah, that's like that's like my number one pet peeve is just like oh where's the photographer let me give you my iphone i'm like I, i'm not an iphone photographer there's no there's no amount of there's no level of like okay i can i can just make sure you're facing the right way and make sure like oh there's there's a light here but i'm like beyond that it's an iphone yeah there's nothing else i can do yeah so then like when people when people ask me to take pictures with their phone like the like i have to place the disclaimer I'm just like i'm not really a phone photographer <laughs> so then because i'm just like i don't like i don't know like what am i gonna do like i can put on the, the wide angle that's about all I can do yeah. with your phone. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, PSA, stop asking your photographer <laughs> friends to take your iPhone pictures and expect them to be any different than how you would do it. It's exact, It's going to be exactly the same. <laughs> exactly the same. It's still an iPhone. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, how do you guys answer the question? Because, like, for me, it's like, when I when I get on an, any any kind of set, like one of the first questions I get is just like, well, first of all, they ask me, "Oh, is this your full time?" And like once I get past that, it's like, um, well, this usually happens like probably toward the end of the shoot, and people are just like, "Yeah, what kind of what kind of stuff do you do?" And like that's like the most impossible question to answer because you're just like, "Yeah, do you do like mostly fitness stuff?" And like first of all, what is fitness stuff? Because uh, that could be anything, right? That that like that in itself is like a very wide genre, but it's like. I'm like, I, like every time, like I've been asked this question like a, a hundred times and every time I have no idea how to answer it. Cause I'm like, yeah, I do like stuff for businesses and it just makes me sound like I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I'm like, I like, I've, I've tried to think about like, what do I do? Like I just make videos for anybody who wants them, I guess. But like, I don't know. What do you, like, how do you answer that? I, it might be a little bit easier for you because you have a genre. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to say, like, it's always been clear to find. It's like, yeah. anytime someone asks me, I'm like, I create content around automotive and lifestyle content. And that's always been, like, the go to answer. Um, that's like, sometimes that's like hurt me, but also, like, in a way, being like, I know exactly what I'm doing. But because I was so niche down from such from so early on, like it restricted me from doing like certain jobs and like being like I'm not like I didn't do any wet, barely any weddings, n no portrait work. So it's like niche down very quickly. It helped in a way, but then it was also like it kind of put me in my own little box of like this is what I do and this is how people refer to me as. How like, did it, how exactly did it hurt though? Because I feel like. For me, at the beginning, I always said yes, whatever it was, even if I hated it. But mm. for you to say no, that's so, that's so, I, I admire that because you knew exactly what you wanted, you know? Yeah, I mean, it hurt only because like I couldn't accept jobs or couldn't show work in like other areas where I could excel maybe and get more sort of clients in that, in that space. If I decided to do more weddings or more portrait work, portrait work I could have got maybe got more clients in Toronto but because the car work and lifestyle automotive lifestyle work was so restricted to just being in like during the summer months and not during the winter months and only being in the US 
it restricted the type of clients I could get and the type mm. of work I could get. Um, automotive in general and in, in sort of Canada, at least the client work is very competitive and I couldn't really find the type of people that I wanted to work with. So that in a way hurt me, but it also helped in that way being like, because instantly when I got into the group chat, like I instantly was known as, oh, he's a car guy. Yeah. Like he, he's, he shoots automotive content. He knows what, who to get the cars from. Yeah. And it helped in that way. Huh. People ask, if somebody were to ask you, like, so what kind of stuff do you do? How do you answer that question? I struggle with this a lot because everyone put me in the basketball box. And mm. like at, at the beginning, I did weddings and music videos and random brands and also basketball and also fitness. And like, yeah. just like you, where you're like, I, I, I do everything. I don't want to put myself in a box, which is like a good thing for some people and a bad thing for us. Because yeah. if you don't have that thing yet, or like maybe the thing is just to create videos, like that's enough, mm. like that's fine. Um, so right now I just say I, I work in the commercial space and sometimes I do music videos. That's how I like pitch myself That's a good way. <laughs> because like the commercial space includes anything. If you're selling anything, I will make a video for it. Okay. So like that's like a that really nice overarching way to frame it where you know exactly what you're doing. But like then if someone's asking you like, oh, like, you know, can you film my daughter's bat mitzvah? It's not going to be a yes from you because you film commercial things, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, and I mean, that kind of negates event highlights, right? So, like, there's, there's like, wiggle room around it, too, like, depending on what you put on your website and whatnot. But I say, yeah, commercial. I, I work in the commercial space. And, like, I can say that confidently, you know? It's nice when you, like, pick the, the word or the sentence and it's like, yep, that's what I'm going to stick with. Did that... <laughs> Was that ever hard for you to like, not not even just that, but just like being able to come to terms with like, because like I had this, I I was thinking about this today where I was like, I had this weird thing about like being called a business owner. Like it just for some, something about it to me, it's just like a immediate cringe. I'm just like, like, but because, like, by definition, I own a registered business in Ontario. By definition, I am a business owner. But like, there's something about like the term that just has like <laughs> some kind of baggage to it that I just for some reason can't deal with because I'm like, I think like in my head, I think business owner and I think like I own a physical brick and mortar business and I have staff and I have, mm -hmm. you know, I have accountants and I have, I have nothing. I have just me. I, everything that like comes out of my, um, you know, business is all me. Mm -hmm. Any sort of booking, any sort of email, any sort of anything like accounting, money, scheduling, everything that is all me. So I just, I just feel like I've always identified as somebody who's just like, just trying to do shit. But then like when somebody like, um, you know, like just talking about like being a business owner, I, I always say that like, I, I was like, oh, I don't know business. I just know, I know video and I know, I know photography, but I like, it's taken a while for me to come to, you know, like be able to say out loud that like, no, 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 I know business. Because I wouldn't be able to do what I do full time and earn a living from it and uh, be able to support myself if I didn't know business. I was just going to say like accountants, sales <laughs> leads, all the things you just mentioned, those are all business. And I think it's weird because it's art. Mm -hmm. right like There's we've had this level. conversation i think Nero and like on um ig live and stuff we i think we talked about there was you know i feel like you're gonna say the quote there's like there's a quote that says 
Um, like it's the worst thing to happen this year for content creators to be switched with artists or something like that. Do you know that quote? I, th- I think so, but I, ha- I had to. Similar- Can I search it? Just yeah, so yeah. I have a but reference. I'm, I, I'm like, I love using the term like content creation has become such a business now, like with anyone that does just makes videos for clients and businesses to YouTube creators and TikTok creators. Mm-hmm. It's all like meddled into just one big lump sum and that's why i'm like sometimes i don't love using the word content and being called a content creator but it's like at the same time like you are a content creator for and that's the that's the business that, that we're in it's content i make it. yeah and it's like there's really no roadmap to how mm-hmm. content creation is done and like how you run that as a business honestly especially now because because of so many platforms um being available and like people making content on that it's like how do you go about this the right way? Well, there really isn't. So preach. There yeah. really isn't. I found the tweet by the way. It says art being called content and artists being called content creators has to be one of the worst things to happen in the art space in years. <laughs> and so, like that was a really controversial thing. Like we had a IG live about it. We had like conversations. There's probably lots of conversations about that topic because, like. If you're going to create content, this, oh my God, this goes into like so many different, like, what's it called? Um, tangents, but the, I, in my perspective, content is created purposely to drive something and it's usually Mm. sales or views, right? Where art doesn't have to have that same purpose. And so like people get annoyed because it's like, well, like, I'm an artist and like, I don't care if people buy my shit, Mm -hmm. but if you're a content creator, you're creating content with the purpose of an audience and views like, but then also some people might attack me for saying that because maybe content creators just like creating content because they like things that are on video or photo, like on these platforms. Right. So it's like the intention behind it. Yeah. 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 Serge Ibaka quote I do art <laughs> I don't make content, I do art yeah. <laughs> yeah that is true like the intention behind it is like you know like content generally has an agenda behind it which is either to like garner views garner subs whatever um, whereas art is just an expression of something and it lives in and of itself in just that way not to say that one does not preclude the other mm-hmm. I can use my art as content yeah exactly so that's like it's that's an interesting dichotomy to draw but yeah. like <clears throat> i feel like how do i say it? I'm, I'm trying to, i'm trying to get this right in my head but like all art can be content not all content can be art that was it's, another thing that we brought up too and it's like then content creators will get like hey what the heck my content's not art but then it's like it goes both ways because yeah, that's tricky. I tried to say that out loud too. It's like <laughs> what can be what, but without, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's I think because we live in such a digital world now, like where does your art exist? Your art doesn't exist on like street corners anymore. It exists on your phone. So like that is now called content, you know, be solely because of where it lives, not because of like yeah. how you... I don't know, spent years learning this craft and now you're like, because that is art, I think, right? Like if you're creating content and you spend years learning how to use a camera and you're being influenced by all these things and you produce something, like that's 
art i don't know <laughs> it's, it's so, tri- it's it's so like, tricky like taking a look at some of the biggest creators in in like on instagram or youtube like would you look at casey neistat as like he makes a lot of content but then i consider good content as well like great storytelling mm-hmm. and like most great movies are known as art films or great with great stories and the art of storytelling is a line right is 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 its own little story is is its own little thing as well right so like i take a look guy like gibson hazard who did um kobe's 50th uh um sort of memorial uh video he did uh diddy's 50th birthday yeah he only posts like every so often but his work is like would be considered content as well considering if we took a look at like your definition being like oh it's at least selling something or selling the idea of something and but he only posts every once in a while so i'm like is his art is his work art or content at the same time it's like, i feel like this, his is art his, his i would his, say would his be is art. just his so is sick definitely art. His, i was watching some of this stuff just yesterday so i was like it's definitely art oh my god yeah but that's what it goes back to right it's just like art is well art to me because like at the, at the end of the day the term art is very is very it can get very esoteric it's very subjective yeah but like ultimately artistry is an expression of something whether it's a feeling whether it's you know like a a craft that you spend hours and hours and hours doing if you can express anything in any if anything that comes as an expression of something in a way becomes art so i i don't know like i the whole idea of just like what is like you know like calling everything content at the end of the day it's just labels as long as to you what it is to, as long as it means something to you i think that's all that matters people can call it whatever they want they can just call it bullshit marketing but ultimately because there there's some things that you'll like sometimes like i'll get ads on youtube and i'll just roll my eyes at how dumb it was <laughs> but somebody like because sometimes like I've, i like have you guys noticed like the the level of production in some youtube ads is wild yeah i'm like i'm looking at this like ad that was designed to be six seconds because they know you're going to skip it yeah but I'm just like, the way that this, sh- I was like, this is beautifully shot. Yeah. And like, it's really well lit and it's really, like, it's really well graded. And I'm like, the level of production to it, like somebody, like a lot of people put a lot of effort into that and, and you were just waiting for the, f- the six second counter to run out so you can skip it. Yeah. But like, to you, that's just, it's nonsense. But like, so, like, you can't deny that like people put hours and put time into it. So, I mean... At the end of the day, I think it just needs to it just needs to mean something to you, because if you're just making stuff to just sell something and it doesn't mean anything to you, you're, there's no fulfillment in that. And that goes back to your point about like, am I a business? Like, am I a business owner? It's just on the identity, you yeah. know. Like, do you truly and do you want to be identified as a business owner? probably like it's like how you identify yourself and then how you want to be perceived so it's like how you introduce yourself you know like the i Mm. went through a lot of this this is like a really personal story i both of you probably know it but um in uh third year I stopped drinking and it was just like a willingness to do so. Like I realized like, oh, I've gone like three weeks without drinking. This is like peak university <laughs> at Laurier. <laughs> so I don't know, my my friends, they would go out all the time. And I don't know, I just was like, oh, I haven't, I haven't drank in like three weeks. I wonder how long I can go for So I went for like three months-ish or something like that. And I was like, let me see if I can go for a year, like a full year and like test my willpower and have like a little social experiment. Like what's gonna happen? And like also, 
also you're a broke student i don't want to be paying yeah. you know for like a big factor ten dollar beers like yeah. whatever and also because i don't know you just want to be safe like i want to remember my keys i want to like not stumble because you at, during university you see a lot of crazy <laughs> like drunk people yeah. you know so you're just like i don't want to look like these people and it's just a lot of like it's very it's a it's a social construct that we need to drink when we go out and that's kind of what i realized and so um i went for actually more than a year without drinking but the one thing that i always like say as like a takeaway from this is that as soon as i started like introducing myself or like in a conversation i would say I used to say like, oh, I'm not drinking tonight. Right. And like, oh, like just have one. Like, it's fine. Like just, see what, you know, and they force you. Right. Just because it's socially, that's what you yeah. do. But until I changed my dialogue to say like, oh, I'm not drinking tonight to I don't drink. They were like, oh, why? Just curious, like not forceful, just curious. And like the identity shift of like, I don't drink versus like, oh, I'm not drinking tonight. It was so crazy how like I never felt the peer pressure anymore. So like I fully relate that as like how am I going to introduce myself so that people know how to perceive me? You know what I mean? Mm. So it was, it was really cool because I I re really recognized that like these people see me as somebody who doesn't drink and maybe in their perspective they respect me more who knows like maybe they don't because they're like oh like she's too pretentious to drink <laughs> like it totally depends right but like if i'm gonna say hey i'm a cinematographer and i say with my chest and i'm like you know i i had struggled so much with that like i even now i still struggle with that because i'm like oh what's considered a cinematographer versus a videographer like i always like i'm struggling with yeah, that right now because yeah. i'm in that industry shift but like even then even when i first started of like hey like i create videos but it's like i'm a videographer and like i believe that so you should probably believe it too because i perceive myself strongly in this like identity so i'm gonna present that you know so it was really like that parallel i found was really important in like my life <laughs> and like growing up so did you ever like have trouble like you know like when you when you started <clears throat> especially when you were like making the switch from like or like just slowly gradually you know switching your role over from like just being involved with the team to then like um being like a video producer for the team did you ever have any identity problems then with just like trying to say that like because like you 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 might you must have like this weird like during split. school you're talking about yeah like when you're when you're sort of starting to gain some prominence and get some play as oh, an actual yeah. video producer i just make videos sometimes that's what i would say of course so i'm the therapist i'm the i'm their athletic therapist but like that was my true identity but i would just like make videos on the side right and then mm. like when i did the internship of the two i really realized like oh i really like video stuff like i don't want to do this like kinesiology stuff anymore <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of when i guess it, it wasn't even that shift. It was like when I started getting clients and when like things started to roll a little bit more and you're like, you're in rooms where you have to introduce yourself and like, you're mm. like, oh, I should probably do what they just did. And they just said, oh, I'm a photographer. <laughs> and yeah. like, you know, you're, you're here to stay. Whereas like, I was just like, oh yeah, I just like make videos. I used to do videos for like my old school, you know, like it, it never sounded like I believed in myself until like you just say it. And maybe you don't believe in yourself for a little bit, but 
if you just say it and you keep practicing it whenever you introduce yourself like it works i don't know why but it just repetition and like the confidence even if it's fake for a little bit like you'll build it up and yeah. eventually you'll you'll you say have to it talk yourself into believing it totally because there's no like degree that says like oh once you graduate you're officially a videographer you can introduce yourself <laughs> yeah. as doctor videographer like there's not like there's nothing it's yeah. literally all it's up to you like yeah that is is really like you decide when this is your job like it becomes your career when you decide that like this is my career <laughs> more on a freelance basis though like for you right now like when you accepted your job like what did that you you assume now that you are going to introduce yourself as this because that's on your <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like well, that's I where mean, you're getting paid like i don't know what do you like, like what do you think I'm, I'm technically i'm just working at night like if i were to break it down i'm technically a nine to five person yeah right now but it's in the creative field just with a different label on it i guess basically right what's your official label like social media manager so then, yeah, like you, then, then he could say that with but, his chest. But, but at the same time, you know, like, like, like I, I, I feel like I'm losing a bit of my identity at that stage because I'm like, I feel, I'm like, I feel like a photographer at this stage, but I'm like doing so much more. Yeah. But that's just my job title. Like, I would still consider myself like, like saying, am I a content producer? Am I, you know, a yeah. marketer? Because I've done that as well. Like, it's so difficult to say at, th at this stage now because it's like you do photography, but you do so much more than just that for a company. Yeah, you don't so, want to box yourself in, but then that's, also that's there's so many things. So like how, when you introduce yourself, that's do you it. want a list? Like, yeah. I think for you, you could say like, yeah, I'm a photographer and social media manager. And I like, feel like for all of us, we could just be like content producer, marketer. Like, you yeah, you're forever, everything. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you guys introduce yourself to as diff as a different job title a different thing to different people yeah depending like, on the person depending i will on the person yeah. yeah because like if someone's not really in the industry i'll just say videographer because most people know what a videographer is versus like oh i'm a cinema like it just i don't know it sounds a little different yeah. like to someone who's not in the industry and then if i know that somebody maybe has connections to certain things i want to get into specifically for producing or for like other things i'll say producer first or else it like I'll, i feel like a lot of people do that they'll introduce them themselves to differently to different people depending on like who this person is and like what value you can both exchange you know yeah. i don't know maybe I, I, <laughs> maybe I that's just me <laughs> no, no no that's that's definitely true i was thinking more in terms of like when you said business owner i was like i would definitely introduce myself as a business owner to my extended family back home because they don't understand like my immigrant parents from back home would be like, oh, he's a business owner. He's doing well. Instead of like, oh, he clicks pictures uh, in Canada somewhere. I'm like, that's a totally that's different. So different. That's so true. It's so different compared yeah. to like what. That's what so they, true. Because for them back in India, it's like, oh, they click pictures for weddings and they sometimes get $200 max. Yeah. They just don't understand the concept of like a working professional in the creative part. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Okay. Yeah. I never... Yeah, if I was going to go at it from, from that angle, then yeah, I probably would. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny, like, we, like, because, like, between even just the three of us, like, we technically, we technically do this, like, you know, like, from an outsider perspective, you'd say that we do the same thing, but, like, there's so much of what we do that's just entirely different. Like, just to see, like, how, because, like, we, a lot of us got our start together, mm -hmm. and, but just to see, like, how all of our paths kind of, like, diverged, but stayed in the same world. So we we're kind of, like, we are doing the same thing kind of if you don't like if if you're on the outside looking in it looks like we do the same thing but if you're you know to us 
at least the way that I look at everybody, we all do such different things. Like we all went completely different routes. Like I stayed solely freelance. You went and like got like an actual like job job. And like <laughs> and for you, like you you went to work on like I keep I have to remember like some people might just be listening, but like for Shaps, she went like you went the crew route. Like from what I've seen, like you you went and like you cuz you wanted to be on like big productions. It's from like from what I saw. It was just, like with like you know, with grips, with gaffers, with directors, producers, as opposed to just you doing everything, which is what I still do. <laughs> um, because I, because for me, it was, I, 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 I like the idea of working on crews, but ultimately when I'm working on things that I care about, I feel like I just have a hard time, like giving up a lot of the control, which is limiting in a lot of ways. And there are times when I definitely just like, deferring to somebody else and i just like just just focusing on the cinematography and not having to worry about the direction and not having to worry about like the you know like how the marketing is coming through and how the the copy is going to play into the final product and just only having to worry about how does this look that's those are some of my favorite things to do so like i can see definitely the appeal and also when you have people that specialize in like doing certain things you ultimately get a better product as opposed to just one person who's really good at one thing and just can barely do everything else. Um, but it takes time. Oh my God, it takes time. Because like when I was doing freelance work, there was a lot of times where I would try to outsource editors because I personally do not like editing. <laughs> so I would try different editors. Like almost every project, I'd be like, okay, so this is, I would lay it out. Like I, this is the storyboard. This is the references. Like I would have a phone call with them, explain what the client's looking for, any buzzwords, like mm. as much information and would always come back with the client wanting like 52 revisions because they were like, I want you to edit this because you get it. And as oh. soon as I edited it, no revisions, perfect, thank you, done. And I'm like, man, so it, ta it takes so long to like find your team because sometimes when you were like just like you were saying if it's hard to like trust or like let go of it a little bit mm -hmm. because you will get screwed as soon as you like release a little bit it, game over until yeah. until you like really find a groove with someone or like even right now there's a couple junior people that i work with that i'm trying to like you know say this is how i do things not to say that you have to do it this way but mm -hmm. influencing them maybe a little bit on like this is a really efficient way that I've found that it works you know so it's it's takes time and it's it's tough because like you don't want your clients to come back and say like oh you have to do it because you're like man like I just <laughs> shot this and produced it and like I don't want to edit this like I want to find someone that can but like sometimes you just got to do yourself so I I acknowledge you that feeling of like mm -hmm. i don't really want to let it go because it's yeah. tough to trust other creatives because they also have their own vision too so yeah but even just being able to like delegate and sort of disseminate the information as it's described to you and as you understand it <clears throat> to somebody else like that in and of itself is a skill right like when when you have when you're in the meetings and you're on the phone calls and you are spending the time with the people who have a certain vision you can get in their head a little bit and also they pick you for that reason, right? Like that's one of the things when, when um, especially when it comes to like businesses and brands and whoever, um, when they come to you, one of the reasons is because they feel like you might, you might, you might catch their vibe. Mm. So um, 
you know, when, when you're in those calls and you, you spend that time with them, you get to really live with it for a while. And then you have to, when you have to delegate to somebody else, um, even just a piece of the work, you have to then take what you, what you know, take your knowledge of it and, um, try to bring them, you know, get them on the same page. And I don't know, like that (laughs) to me, like that would, that would be something that would be very difficult to do as opposed to just like doing it myself. Yeah. Like it's almost easier for me to just take care of it myself rather than having to explain it to somebody else (laughs) and then just trust that they're going to ultimately come out with the, the end product that like you had envisioned originally in your mind. It's, it seems like extra time, right? It seems like you just double dipped and you're like, man, they just explained it now. I have to explain it. Like, shouldn't that just be like one thing, you know, yeah. like, shouldn't that be one line of communication? So like, that's when you get into the, okay, this is our producer call. So like, I am responsible for like when and how this gets done and like the what is for my director or the what is for like who's actually mm. shooting it. So like I could still ask them surface level questions like, oh, this is an interview. This is like being shot at whatever, distillery district or something like that. Mm-hmm. But like to the DP or to the camera operator, or to whoever, like the director, they should be the one to have that bond and connection with the client so that they can actually execute it. But then also we get those clients. So it's like, how yeah. do you, I know <laughs> it's tough. It's hard because when you're switching from like freelance to not, it's like, I don't think I'll ever switch out of freelance because like, that's how I have a little, <laughs> that's how I make my yeah. income. But yeah. You know, do you think you're ever going to like, are you worried at all about <clears throat> like when you now go to work for somebody else about like, losing like because because uh, up until now like a lot of what you did has been entirely up to you if you don't want to do something don't do it and now you're kind of putting yourself in a position where you may no longer get that choice um like i, I guess it's there's it's a reasonable risk because like you're staying within the realm of what you like to do but are, is there a part of you that's like worried about losing any level of like creative control or i'm interested to hear this <laughs> well i mean i was already working for mercedes like a dealership before okay. uh making content and doing more marketing work so that felt a lot like just not not what i wanted to do just being behind the desk and not creating content i wanted to make the the the, ty- the job i'm in now i mean so far it's it's been more social work, but it will be a lot more of like creating content that I want to make. And that was my one concern and initial questions to them was how much creative control do I have and how much will I get to shoot? Nice. Um, that was a uh, non-negotiable as well, um, which was which was important to me because if I didn't get to create the content I wanted to make in my way, in the same way, um, I don't think I'll be as fulfilled in that. Um, which is interesting to me when you guys were talking about creative control and like letting go of something because the people that have brought me on essentially are letting go somewhat of their vision, but they're trusting in my sort of vision to execute the way that their content is put out and the way it's shot. Um, and for me, it's like they brought me on, so there should be a level of trust there. But I think I need to earn that trust at a certain point by showing results and showing that the work is, that I can do is will be executed at the high level because at the end of the at the end of the day they're also taking risk on me mm-hmm. so there has to be, be a bit of feedback from me to be like this i can i can prove myself to an extent to a point where like you don't have to micromanage me and the content that will come out is going to be fantastic the the one thing i'm more i i 
I knew when I was getting into it was my freedom of like schedule. Like I, I'm, I'm tied to a schedule at this point. It's a great schedule because it's it's one of the best schedules because you get to travel around the world, and like you don't need to take time off to travel, which is like, <laughs> which is you know pretty pretty fortunate. Like not everyone gets the chance to do that. Like most people will take time off to go travel. This is I'm like literally going to the places I want to go to, but at the same time it's like trying to just being like oh I want to take time to just you know lay on the bed just for five minutes and like not do anything. Like as a freelancer you have that chance. Yeah. To, to say that to yourself you know being like. I'm going to take some time off just for myself and it's going to be fine. Yeah. There's no obligation. There's probably obligations to certain clients, but you're still working for yourself. Yeah. And I've lost that sense of ability to, to do that. Mm. And maybe at a certain stage, I do want to get to get to a place, but I don't think I'm a, I'm at a stage in my career where I can, I can do that with the kind of clients I have just only because the clients in Canada are not existent. Yeah. So, so anybody who may have remember Shaps, you and I did an episode. You were like, I think you were my f- first. No, you were my second person that I ever brought on the show. Yeah. Like <laughs> this was pre thing. And yeah, it was like one of the first podcast episodes I ever did. It's a sound engineered horrendously. <laughs> so ignore that. But like on that episode, like we, like you and I were both still like relatively young in our. Yeah. That was my first year. Yeah. What? (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, it's still super young. Yeah. And we, but like we talked about um, how we we kind of did the same thing, which was um, the classic when you find something that you like really like doing, and you find opportunity in it, you go very deep all in on it, and then (laughs) almost too far. And I think we were both like in in like or we had both respectively gone through weird funks and like our own like experience with burnout. And like, that was a heavy focus in that first episode. We talked a lot about burnout. (laughs) Have you like, (laughs) how (laughs) it's like a rush back over. I'm just laughing because of course you plan a podcast like during another episode of burnout. Like, Oh, Oh yes. Isn't that crazy? Like that was I was gonna ask like ha, like how have you like adjusted to like <laughs> what have you <laughs> like, how this have you learned fine. to manage how have you learned to manage <laughs> and avoid but I guess uh, it's still like you're <laughs> you're still figuring that out. <laughs> no, I think um, the initial burnout that we talked about on the first episode was due to me like accepting too many clients, mm-hmm. and that was within my control. So burnout within your control is now managed on my side. Like I can say mm. no to people with like confidence, you know, like if the, if the budget's not there, I literally don't, it's fine. I'm just going to pass it off to yeah. somebody or I just say no because it's either way too low for someone in the discord. Like I don't even want to bring this in <laughs> or, you know, it's just not where I want to spend time or anyway, the one thing that happened i think it was in 20 it was like going into 2020 like the beginning of 2020 i had to shoot a wedding and this was like when i was kind of phasing out of weddings Mm -hmm. and the same day i got asked to shoot something for like ovo and i was so mad at myself because i was like why did i take this wedding 
because like if uh, I didn't take this wedding, my day would be free and I would have accepted this like last minute cool opportunity, you know? Yeah. So like that was one of the like pivot moments, I think, like, out of, you know, if I zoom out of this like timeline where I was like, you are not accepting things that you don't see a future in or like that mm. you that doesn't light you up because when something does come along that lights you up and you've been booked for something that you hate, mm. you are going <laughs> to you're, you're going to be so upset. So yeah that was one thing but in terms of burnout like that's currently i'm facing burnout that was out of my control so like it's it's gonna happen in later stages too but in terms of things that i can control i feel pretty good about it actually like just being able to say no is like a really that's a that's a skill that you have to practice i think and you probably got a lot of practice on that just saying no because it's like if it doesn't align with what you want to do then you know, but for me, it was like, well, do I increase my income or do I like increase my, I guess, my trajectory of like mm. where I want to go instead of just like, you know, is this like another job? So, yeah, that, yeah, that I think is a big thing for like, and we can, t I mean, we can, we can go back to the burnout thing or not, but no, it's I, fine. I, I just <laughs> overreacted because I was like, wow, this is so <laughs> ironic how like we're I just back. catch you. It's just, you just, just catch me at I, these I times. <laughs> like we need a podcast right now. <laughs> but like for I, like it, like you hit a you hit a really important point, which is like, um, maybe for when you're just starting, but I think it's important to, you know, know like when you're trying to because like when you're trying to burst into an industry or when you're trying to get involved in like like how do you how do you become a photographer how do you become a, a video producer how do you do any of this stuff it's um you do have to ultimately take a lot of you know it's it, like i had this i had this conversation with like um a lot of people which is just like but you just you say yes everything every opportunity that there that is out there if it's afforded to you you take it no matter what like you know pay zero dollars costs you money to go there i gotta drive and then pay for parking if it's something that like is cool for you and something that you want to do then in the beginning yeah you have to take all of those opportunities because they are opportunities and they're like, mm -hmm. they're the only things that are available to you and it's just a, it's a reason for you to go and, and do what you want to do um but like at what point do you what point do you um start to cut it off of like because like there, there will be a, a certain level because every time you do any job whether it's unpaid whether it's um you know for done for like a really generous let's say um level of compensation um every time you you do that you establish some level of expectation from the people that you're doing it with and you know if you do it for free one time people might ask you you want to do this too do you want to do this too and then eventually you have to start you have to start um cutting it off and like you know like um i'm not doing this for free or whatever like what like at what point do you draw that line for both of you I, um, I think John told us this very important thing shout out uh, John Simo shout out John Simo we were both working on a Mazda commercial and the one thing he told us which I still remember to this day he was like if you are conflicted about what job you want to take when you've got to that stage of saying yes or no to a particular job he had a rule where is it a plus one a neutral or a minus one and a plus one is basically if it's well, if it's, if it's a good paid job, 
that's great. That's a bare minimum. But if it has extra connections and it's a cool opportunity, that's a plus one job for you. If it's a neutral, means it's like it's just while paying and like it just keeps the rent coming in and it keeps keeps it afloat. Minus one is like like it's free. Um, there's no added connections to it. There's no added value to it. It's you're doing the exact same thing, and it's taking money and time out of your out of your day. That's a minus one. And if you can evaluate that with each job, I think that's a good method to look at like which job you have to say yes or no to. And there's like probably situation dependent as well. But like that, if you go that, if you use that as a general rule, I think that's fantastic. I don't know if you've used that again since he's told you. But I definitely had it in my mind. Um, I need to research something. I should have come with more prepared, but there is. A that's fine. I, I, I I said zero preparation <laughs> because I was going to take care Kevin of Kevin, cut this out. <laughs> Editing Kevin, Editing cut, Kev, this cut this out. Because um, there's like something, it's like the four R's or something like that. Ben Bonzu told me about this. It's not like reduce, reuse, recycle. It's like <laughs> <laughs> something else. It's like revenue. What are the other three? There's yeah. like different rules for it. I'm like, at least that's the one I use the most. But it like it it does help to to go to use that to use that rule. Um, I think I used it for like going to Bahrain for the F1 race. I was like, I'll meet a lot of people there. It doesn't pay, but it's a cool opportunity and a cool experience. Yeah. So I mean, like, like on the one hand, you have to be able to to value what you do. I think. Um, and value doesn't always just mean money. But in the beginning, um, there is no money. There is zero money. <laughs> and <laughs> Zero monies. <laughs> and like, I don't know, like for me, it was, um, I kind of drew the line where it was like, okay, if I, if nobody's asking me and I want to do it, I'm going to go and I'm going to do it. But if people, if you're now asking me to do it, like, okay, there's got to be a price tag on that. <clears throat> so that was like, it was more of just like a, um, it was more of like an engagement type thing. Like who made the first move? If it's me, then I'm not expecting you to pay. If it's you, then like, and I think that's still to some extent still rings true because there are certain things that like, sometimes I just, um, you know, like I'll see like a, uh, or like I'll think of like a cool, like photography technique or like lighting trick that I just want to try. And, um, and yeah, like I have a, a core, like few people who, um, I know are generally, um, aligned with me and, and like I know that we get along like it, it, they're you know people that I've shot with like multiple times and I know that like they're they're fun they're fun to work with and like um <clears throat> and they help in that way so I th those are times where I'm just like hey do you want to like come and help me workshop this technique and and I still do that but and I I still kind of keep that rule which is just like well if I'm asking you I'm not I can't it would be it would be a little bit shitty of me then to expect you like oh yeah by the way six hundred dollars <laughs> and we're like wait what i thought you were asking like so but like you know if you're if you are engaging me then like it's reasonable of me to expect um <laughs> a little bit of compensation for it like what's in it for me and the answer to that question is not exposure Never. fyi exposure cringe i yeah i but like i i, I don't know like, i say that but i'm like I, I i don't know about you guys i haven't gotten that in a long time like i think that you 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 need to but i think this is another uh, this is another identity thing like how do you stop getting the exposure offer 
is you need to you need to have some level of confidence in yourself like in your public perception which is this person there are some people you can you can look at their you can look at their um you know the their 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 front facing persona and you know like i would never look at any of your instagrams and say like oh this she'll want to do or he'll want to do this for free um and that comes into a lot of it with presentation the way that you the way that you carry yourself like on your social media so there is like a there is a certain level of responsibility in that way which is like it's it there, there i do take a little bit of responsibility on myself to like okay if i'm consistently getting people who are sending me like messages that are you know like ignorant if not disrespectful then there's probably something that i might be doing that's causing them to think that that's okay whether it's just outwardly saying in like i try to avoid just like ranting on my social media about like people who like send me messages that i don't like but i think there's also a way that you can you can present yourself in such because like again like neither none of us get them anymore um because we have like whether it's like a, a respectable looking profile with like a very diverse portfolio and a lot of like clearly paid work and you know like your your project sh- does not present itself as being an exception in any sort of, in any sort of way um so yeah I, I think like ultimately like identity like it and like your and not just identity to you know like the public but like the way that you identify yourself to yourself is like huge in the way that you then like craft the rest of your life right i found the i texted shout out ben bonzu thanks for texting me back during the podcast (laughs) (laughs) basically uh he's blinking on the fifth one but i i feel like it's out of four it's it has to hit three like if you're presented a job and you don't know whether to take it or not it has to hit three out of the four of these and the first one is if it's paid the second is network like will this increase your network Mm -hmm. will this um add to your portfolio or does this help like family or close friends so like that's Mm a that's like one that is sometimes um like not negotiable but like people will have different opinions on that Mm -hmm. but um like if you look at the venn diagram and like if it's good portfolio piece and you're gonna network but it doesn't pay that well you might consider it but if it doesn't if it only hits one of those like where if it's if and i mean if it's just good paying but like it's also not fulfilling or increasing your portfolio by any means like maybe you're just not the right person for the job and sometimes you have to accept that you know like if it's a really Mm. for me right now like if there's a an amazingly paid wedding soon i'd still say no because i know that there's somebody out there who would much more who would like much rather do it and would Mm. do a way better job because their heart's in it you know it would add to their portfolio it's not gonna add to my portfolio i don't even have a wedding page on my website anymore so it's Mm. like that kind of that i feel like those three are probably good i feel like the family one is like a wild card like that because that situation doesn't come up too often at least in my experience but like yeah if if you know if it benefits your network and it pays really well but maybe not so much for your portfolio the network is still going to help you later down the line so it's like two out of the three and if it only hits one probably not a good idea to go with it so yeah there's a gem for you (laughs) (laughs) thank you ben (laughs) thank you ben lost boy b lost boy b (laughs) 
You said you. <laughs> You said Ben Bonsu. I was like, who's, oh, because I only <laughs> ever refer to him as Lost Boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lost Boy. I've, I've, I've like, given him the most, like, corny uh, Lost Boy jokes probably yeah. out of anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Lost Boy. Baby. Shout out Lost Boy. We found you. <laughs> That's always my saying. It's so stupid. Um, let's, uh, I mean, we can, maybe we can end on this, but um, talking about, like, because I think we can all confidently say that, like, we, like I, I like I feel like we there there's like a little bit of a luck I don't even I wouldn't even say that no um but like there's definitely a feeling of like being very fortunate to have been able to do like the things that we love to do right like you were telling me like the other day which is like you as a literal child <laughs> like um just always um being this huge fan of formula 1 and now you're like you're working with formula 1 and like in a capacity which is in a way that you you know like you're not you're not like you're not like a janitor for the you're you're doing not that there's anything wrong with janitors but um um but you're you're doing it in a capacity you the like you you brought yourself there with something that you like doing so like all of us found a way to leverage what we like love doing into the way that we like make our livings and um so if there's you know like people who are like um sort of like finding their way into it now and like because it's it's a little bit different now because like i feel like when when we started it was a little bit there was a little bit less people that were as established and it was a there was a little bit less evidence that it was possible to do for us so i think there was a little bit less there was a little bit less i don't know if i want to say pressure but um there were less people to compare yourself to so because you know like i find that's I find myself doing this a lot where it's just like I'm looking at people who are like um you know like why am I not on this level why am I not on that level um but you know like if for people who are trying to get into it now I mean what kind of what kind of things would you say um to people who just want to make a career out of it doesn't even have to be like photography or video just like just doing something that you love doing but like don't know how to turn it into a living like how do you I think I was actually just listening to um, a podcast on the way here. What's his name? Um, Christo. Christo, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I should know that name. That's a household name. Um, I was listening to Christo on the way here, and something that they said made me question how, I guess, like younger creators are consuming media in a way that it's like, it's almost forced to be like, you know, like uh, find something you love and make sure you're good at it and let the world know. And it's like, but why? Like, why do we have to monetize everything? You know, like it like I mean, I know his his podcast is about marketing and like, you know, put, being a freelancer and stuff. But like for someone who's just starting out, like I didn't intend to make money. None, none of us did. Like as an artist, there's no little thought of like oh i want to be an artist and be rich like <laughs> you just want like you put your heart into something and people will notice and it's genuine like as soon as you come across a creator that's like in it for money you know right away and they're they're finessing people they're networking really slimily and you're like all these bot comments you're like oh my god where are the genuine people right and like 
my intention wasn't to create videos. My intention wasn't to make money creating videos. It was like, let me find something that I'm really good at and that I love and let's see what the universe does. Like, just seriously, like, look, ask yourself if you like baking, if you like fashion, if you like sports, like, what exactly it is that you like and just put yourself in those spaces. Like, make sure you go, like, for you, like, make sure you go to the races. Make sure your TV is on when those races are happening. Make sure you're on the Twitter, like, when you're in Clubhouse, you're in those rooms, you're in Twitter spaces, like, you're, you're, like, putting yourself in the space that will have opportunity present itself to you once you have the identity and the confidence full circle <laughs> boom but it's true because that like in that podcast they were saying like they, it was almost backwards where it was like in order to make money you need an audience and then in order to have an audience you have to be good at what you do and in order to be good at what you do you have to have talent and it's like okay but where's the talk about reversing that spend time and focus on what you like to do first (laughs) don't think about an audience don't think about like Mm, you know what i mean like you love cars that is your bread and butter and that's what you focused on you didn't focus on like i don't think as a kid you were like oh i would love to shoot photography for f1 like that wasn't your goal it was like let me just be in spaces where people are talking about f1 and cars and like where can I provide value? This is so exciting because once you're in a room that makes you feel energized, that will domino everywhere. Your positivity will reflect like your energy, how you speak, your body language, like everything that people will notice. And then that will, that, that is how people will hire you. Like, even if you're not that great at it, like your energy and your excitement of being in that room, like they're like, oh, this kid wants it let's 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 have them on you know and like people will give you chances that way so like don't think of the i need an audience oh i need i need this many watch hours on youtube if you like making youtube content and educating people be in those spaces and do it just do it and like the audience will come because of those genuine like feelings that you express so that's my advice because money's not money's not where it's at it's like what you really want to do in life is where it's at and th- the money will come that's that's really really good also i've never <laughs> met anyone that said i would love to make money from art i'm like yeah. where did you get that idea from like yeah artists for the longest time have been known as starving artists like yeah. so going into it for money or yeah. like, okay <laughs> you're living in a different universe um but essentially kind of what you said but it was i i had so many <laughs> arguments with my mom especially about like the type of work that i do and it's like oh why are you going to all these car meets and all this you know hoodlum shit um (laughs) (laughs) it's really it sometimes it was honestly but it was just like 50 percent was like sharing your work on instagram and like the type of work that you do yeah and 50 percent of it was showing face yeah i would regularly go to this uh car meet called print adventures in, in guelph and every single week they would start to recognize who i was and why I was there genuinely I was just genuinely there to look at the cars and take pictures and once I got to know the owners like now that now I know them like first name basis and like I've gone to their house and we spend time not just around cars but just as people like talking about life in general and that just came from genuine connections and, and showing face and they're they will more than hap- happily help you in your career and pr- help you progress 
because because they genuinely yeah. like you yeah and because what the other thing is like you're dedicated to the craft that you're trying to do and you're talented at the at the work and in itself that will that will get you to a, a great place because you are there for genuine reasons not because you want something out of them honestly yep but at the, at the at the other side as well like people especially during university have such a difficult time trying to figure out like what they want to do like i've met in the past two weeks i've just met so many people that are like graduating i'm like i don't know what to do i'm like i don't know what to do i'm like that's okay like you don't have to rush into it honestly it's like everyone's so worried about like oh but this person's already here i'm like that's okay it's like you don't need to rush into it you know there's yeah. people that are made it into formula one when they're 21 but then there's people that have made it into 35 but they're equally successful it doesn't matter honestly yeah so. i think that question of like we get asked like what do you want to do yeah. it's like you know the answer already like if you're somebody that like wakes up and watches anime all the time like you you like watching anime yeah. you like consuming anime like i don't know right or like if you place basketball with your friends on the weekend like you like basketball okay like the what do i do is like how do i make money yeah. it's like a different question that they're actually asking you know because then if you ask how do i make money well it's like well that's a totally different question than like what what should i what do i do with my life like there's you know what i mean there's two different things so it's like it's interesting to hear like you know people coming out of university it's like what should I do? It's like, well, keep doing what you like to do. And, you know, I don't know, like as a, as a freelancer mind, that's where I go. Like as a nine to five mind, it might be different, but yeah, I think for me, it was like, <clears throat> I, cause I had always kind of like approached it as like, I knew very clearly that like I wanted to do that. I just, I loved making videos. And I loved, you know, I eventually grew to love photography. I didn't love it in the beginning, but, um, for me, it was never a matter of like the, the matter of like turning it into a living for a long time. Like I've talked about this before, but I'm like, it just, it always felt impossible. But for me, it was always just a matter of like, I know that I want to do, you know, like I want to make video. And it was, it was never a matter of just like, how do I make money with video? It was like, what do I need to do in order to keep doing it? And what, like, what do I, what do I need to do in order to, to do what I want to do? Which is like, how do I, how do I continue to make videos and how do I continue? How do, how do I make the videos that I want to make? And I focused just on that, which was just, I focused more on like the work itself and like the, the, the creativity itself. How do I, how do I put, how do I get to a p point where I can make, you know, where I can like, I can make a video for like a buff bunny. How, how do I get, how do I, how do I put myself in, in the right, like, wh what do I need to do? in order to make like a cool Nike commercial. And how do I, how do I get there? It was never about like, how do I make them Nike money? It was, yeah. how do I, how do I make the Nike ad? I don't care what the hell it pays. It can pay $0. I just want to do this thing. And what do I need to do to, to do that? And like, what, and what do I need to do to continue doing um, video? Cause at the time it was just video. How do I continue to do video and eventually photography? Um, how do I just continue to do that freelance and, and and yeah, freelance was, was one of the answers. And for a long time it was like, well, you gotta like you, you need to work a full-time job because you have expenses and you can do this on your downtime. That's the cost. Mm -hmm. The cost is basically having no free time. The cost is you need to, you need to carry this. You, you need to hold on to this, uh, a full-time job. You need to manage, you know, um, all of these different facets of your life. 
and you'll have this many hours on your nights and on your weekends to do all of that. That's the cost. Like, okay, accept the charges. Here we go. And you know, like for a long time, I'm just like, this is what it, this is what it's, this is what is necessary to do what I love to do. And I was completely happy with that. And eventually just sticking to that process and just keeping that discipline eventually it just well there's also there's also the very important factor is that uh, my job fired me but um eventually it was like when that day came i had the freedom to say i had the choice in that because like at that point i'd put in however many years of just struggling (laughs) and and you know like um but during all that time of just having it as a side hustle i was treating it like I was going to do this eventually. I remember I didn't know how that long it was switch. Do you remember that in the group chat where <laughs> it was like, Kevin, quit your job. <laughs> Kevin, quit your job. And then one day it was like, well, actually, I don't have a job anymore. So yeah. I'm going to just, I'm going to do this. And everybody was like, ooh. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like when it happened, if I had not been, because if I had just like surrendered myself to just like, oh, it's, it's impossible. I'm never going to do this. I just, there's no point in, in trying. Then when that day came and uh, and they did push me out, I would have had nothing. I would have had to start from scratch. I would have had to start from zero. But because I had been spending those past few years building building it as a side hustle, then when that day came, I wasn't starting from zero. So I had the option to then just say, okay, well, let's try this freelance thing full time. And I don't have, and it was a lot less daunting because I had a, I had a basis of like, you know, of a place to start and yeah so like but like ultimately what i'm getting at is like i just i always did what it whatever it took um to just keep doing it because i knew that i liked to do it and if it was if it meant only doing it on nights and on weekends and giving up all my sleep and giving up all my free time and then like yeah that's what it costs and uh how much do you want it um do you want it enough to to accept those charges if the answer is yes it was yes for me because I had no other choice. I was like, well, it's either that or you just don't do it. Well, that's not an option. So yeah, it's just, it, you you have to just kind of take stock of like, what is it going to take to do the thing that I want to do? Does that mean I need to, um, I need to quit? I need to drop everything here, move to, move to New York and, and intern and just struggle for as long as it takes to, then yeah, that's what it costs to do it. Yes or no. And it's up, and then the the choice is yours. You can say no, you can say no, but if you don't try, you'll never know. Was there a level of freedom that you had once you quit that job, or got sorry, got fired? Because it was either gonna, <laughs> it was either going to be you that was fired. I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. Or <laughs> it's just the way you said <laughs> it. Know, so it <laughs> or or you were going to quit at some point because I had that same experience, and then I remember you messaged me, and I was like, he went to that exact same experience. It'll be fine. Um, I, I had always like told myself to like, yeah, one day, one day, one day, one day. Um, but I never had an actual timeline on it. And I realize now that, um, the one day was an excuse. It was a reason why I didn't have to, cause I'm like, I'm not, oh, it's just not like, I'm, I'm going to do it. Just not yet. Um, but as long as I had that, I, as long as I had that cop out, I don't think I would have ever done it. I think being pushed out was the only way. And because also if I, if I had left voluntarily and I had like, you know, quit 
then, you know, like when the going got tough and it got tough. Um, cause I always had a thought in the back of my mind, like, you know, in a couple of years, cause it's been a couple of years now. Um, but you know, I definitely had thoughts enter my mind of just like, fuck, this would be so much easier if you had a paycheck coming in two weeks. Like this, like what, what's what you're going through right now. Um, this stress all like the, the, like the stress, the anxiety, it would all be gone if you had a paycheck coming in two weeks. But I know the cost of what it's, what you have to, what you have to, what it costs to have that paycheck coming and it costs my happiness and it costs my mental health and it costs also like the growth of my freelance business ultimately. So I'm like, on the one hand, um, <laughs> stress of starving artist, um, <laughs> or fr- like financial stability and the cost of one is the other. Mm-hmm. So I know what the cost is, except the charges. I'll take the, <laughs> I'll take the anxiety yeah. to not have to do something that I don't love doing. Yeah. I wonder if like that, that transition is important because that transition happened with me that happened with you where like there was a moment where all three of us were doing two things at one time, Mm -hmm. you know, like I was doing school and video stuff and it, I never like graduated. And I mean, this, this could also just be like, I don't know, because of luck, because of like decisions and knowing what I want to do, right? Like going back to your point of like these kids getting out of university and then asking what do I want to do versus like doing it kind of while you're in school and then having that like transition instead of like this hard stop. You don't have a structure anymore. Surprise, you're back with your parents. Yeah. Like this isn't going to be fun. So like for me, it was like a, we. I think all all three of us, we had this like thing to fall back on that then rose you know mm-hmm. versus like a dead stop oh i don't have anything to f- like you had something to fall back on because you were working so hard on this mm-hmm. like underground thing so yeah. i wonder if that's like important you know like if if at all times do you need to be doing something like low-key in case something fall like you yeah. know what i mean it's weird so it, it's it's I said university is probably actually the best place to go and figure out like what you want to do for the four years. Yeah. Because it's the only time you're going to be surrounded by the same age group of people. And so many different influences. And so many different influences yeah. trying to figure out what they also want to do. Like after you get out of university, that's never, you're never in a scenario where everyone's the same age as you mm-hmm. trying to figure out what to do next. Like everyone's in their different career paths and whatnot. So I'm like, because I was I was almost ready to drop out from university as well, but I realized that the sense of community and the people around me was so valuable, and that I was never going to experience that again. Mm-hmm. And also because I had brown parents, so there was those two two pressures basically mm-hmm. of like need to finish. Yeah, and then I was, I was I was fairly happy, but it's a good place to try and figure out and give you that buffer time of like doing things that you just enjoy. Yeah. So. Hmm. Well. Damn. <laughs> well, <clears throat> um, all right, we're like hour and a half. This this flew. That like flew. This, this. I thought that was only an hour. Oh damn. Yeah. yeah. It's always it's always interesting. Like I was like like even as we're going through, I'm just like this feels good. Creator talk. <laughs> yeah. Because like we um, <clears throat> I, I said we we're gonna end on the other thing, but let's end on this. Um, <laughs> like at, like do, like doing what we do is like I talked about it being like very isolating because it's a lot of times you just really feel like you're on your own there's no there's no like like you said there's no roadmap to doing what we do there's no there's no precedent there are but they're not really like 
well established to the point where it's put like general knowledge and a lot of times it really feels like you are just like figuring out things on your own you're forging a path on your own and um you know like like meeting you guys and like um seeing and, and talking to all of you and like being in this sense of like community that was like really important for me that was to, to realize that like um it is something that you do on your own but you don't have to be alone and like i, I feel like having just a sense of community amongst anybody which is you know if you're if you're doing what we do which is like freelance work it's important to find other freelancers just to be able to share your experiences with them just to know that like what you're going through is completely normal or maybe it's not normal and you should like be looking for help and um but yeah like like for you guys i had like chaps this is a big thing for you was like having like bringing people together is like what you mm-hmm. is one thing that like has been very important to you like over i guess the course of your whole career like how how important is that to have people around you especially like doing something that's so solo in a lot of ways yeah the pandemic kind of showed me that right like editing at three in the morning in your room alone while like both your parents are sleeping and like all the lights in the next building are out and you're like am i really do like what am i doing like should i fix my sleep hygiene like what and you then you start thinking like okay maybe this is am i you just feel alone right like especially during the pandemic because i used to go to like studios and cafes and like be around people you know and Mm. then um randomly it was like i think 2020 i think yeah 20 whoa yeah december 2020 that sounds so long ago (laughs) it actually is long ago (laughs) december 2020 i had this like zoom call that i i did invite you to it but i invited a bunch of people including that like shooter shoot shooting shooters (laughs) group and like a bunch of random people that i had made connections with on instagram and i was doing i wanted to do this like goal setting thing because i was like if you say the word covid you're gonna get kicked out let's not talk about covid i just want to talk about like what are we gonna do in this time like i Mm -hmm. let's talk about positive things because it was like that was a really dark time like 2020 for a lot of creators probably because like everything was closed obviously not just for creators for everybody but like as a freelancer like you're super alone at that time like if you if you hadn't figured out the co-working spaces or like the cafe Mm. vibe like you're super alone so um that goal setting workshop turned into a discord and like we would just edit on like these i don't know video rooms and like you just pop in and someone would be editing and like oh like what's up hung like what's i don't know there's like so many random people that just like would pop in and you feel this sense of like oh three in the morning editing at night is actually very normal (laughs) (laughs) especially for like creative freelance because a lot of the time i find that creatives find their like streak you know like at night where their streak of focus the creative nine to five nine p.m to five a.m exactly yeah Yeah. so (laughs) yeah i think that that was just something i did because i felt super lonely i'm an only child too so like i think that's just my what i fall back on is just like hey who wants to be friends because i don't have any so (laughs) (laughs) let's just make a community of some sort i don't know that's probably where i get it from but yeah community is huge because when you have a bunch of people doing the same things maybe on certain different levels some are higher some are lower but like you feel that 
this freelance thing isn't something that's like abstract like it's a real thing like mm -hmm. these people like kofi lives I shouldn't say that. Kofi <laughs> Kofi lives on his. Uh, we'll, ble that. I'll bleep that cut out. That, we'll bleep that. that out. Like Kofi. It's okay, Kofi, I got you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Kofi lives on his own, and he does this full time, and like it, it's just like these signs that this is a successful industry, and like there's money to be made, and it, it's like this feeling of confidence that you get from seeing other people's success, and the point we made at the very beginning where it's like, I don't want to see these people as competition. We're just colleagues. Like if you're going to be lifted up and we're in the same circle, that means my price just went up too. Like it's, it's literally yeah, this like benefit yeah. of just knowing people that surround you with positive energy and also like, <laughs> like a positive income. Like if, yeah. if people are making money around you, you're surrounded by the same opportunities. So it's like, not that I made friends for money. <laughs> That's not what I'm trying to say. But it's like, it's it, it has positive I knew, I knew influences. For a reason. Yeah, yeah. It has positive influences on every aspect of a friendship, you know? So it's like, yeah. it's just, yeah, it, it's awesome. I, I don't think I'd be here today without my community. 100% I would not be. Definitely not. Yeah. I, takeaway there is just like, as a, as a, create or somebody anybody who's doing anything entrepreneurial people who are doing what you do they're the closest things you're going to have to teammates so you need to you know like you need to shift how you think about other people which is just and like ultimately if you're doing what you're doing it's all that matters so anyways i'm very 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 grateful to have the two of you and everybody and um in my community um it's been very helpful and it's been really this is really fun this is really good so uh, appreciate you both being here once again. Uh, tell people where they can find you. Uh, F one side. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no Nero Singer. Uh, N i r u s i g h r. Just everywhere. We'll, 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 yeah. We'll spell it out. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Um, I you could find me N Shaps N S H A P S. And that has been the Three D D podcast with Nero and shafts thank you very much for listening and watching if you did if you made it to the end <laughs> for the entire like oh fuck almost two hours that we've been here congrats congrats <laughs> you win nothing <laughs> see you later <laughs> <laughs> all right